the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Another name for Satan is the tempter. Satan tempts by lying, but he knows that human beings aren't dumb. A blatant lie would be too obvious, and so he usually finds a way to disguise the lie with a truth. He sweetens the lie, so to speak, with the sugar of truth, so that we take the poison without question. And oftentimes we take it over and over again until we realize that the poison is slowly killing us. The serpent is indeed crafty. The greatest example of the tempter's craftiness are in the words he spoke to Eve in Genesis chapter 1, 2. He said, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. True enough, neither Adam nor Eve died immediately, but of course they would eventually die and every one of their children would eventually die. True enough, their eyes were opened, but they did not become like God. True enough, they would know good and evil, but when all you know is good and evil is alien, why make friends with evil? But Adam and Eve did not see the whole picture. They were seduced and, and they were tricked. They would never have, however, had to contend with these thoughts, with these questions, if they had decided on the outset to listen to God instead of the serpent. But by allowing the serpent to speak into their ear, doubts led to certainties and certainties to action. They doubted the goodness of the Lord. They decided that God had lied to them when he said, you will surely die. And instead they trusted in Satan, who said, you will not surely die. As it is with Eve, so it was with Jesus. Eve was tempted by the fruit. Jesus was tempted by bread. But of course, Jesus does not give in to temptation, and Eve, of course, does. But what is the lesson here? The wilderness is a theme in Scripture which parallels with our lives as Christians. Like the Israelites, we have been set free through water. They, through the parted Red Sea by Moses' staff, and we through the waters of holy baptism. They were led into the wilderness, and they wandered there for 40 years before being led into the promised land. We live in the wilderness of this world, 
and our promise is the same, that we be led into the promised inheritance in heaven. Temptation is just part of this wilderness that we live in. When we were baptized, the spiritual battle between good and evil in our flesh was not over. It was inaugurated. It was started. If it, were, it was as if a big red target were painted on, the ba- on our backs. We no longer belong to Satan, and so he torments us. He offers temptations. The world around us is his playground. It is filled with idols, with disguised falsehoods, with false prophets, with powerless gods, and with outright evil disguised as good. It is likewise also filled with many luxuries, luxuries which make our eyes gaze and our hearts fill with desire. When we seek them out and fail, we despair. And when we succeed, we see how vapid and empty those things really are. It is a wilderness filled with vinegar instead of water. And the more we drink of the vinegar, the thirstier we become. And that is where the Lord comes in. The word of the Lord is the oasis in the midst of the desert, the fountain of living water in the midst of a parched land. We come here in this place to fill our quenching thirst. In our gospel lesson this morning, Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted. Now, he does not wander into the wilderness without purpose. He goes, led by the Holy Spirit, to be tempted. It was a battle. He did not go to wage battle for himself, but for those who he came to ransom. He went to battle for us. He goes in on our behalf having been baptized himself to put on his flesh, to put his flesh in the crucible and to bring it to its breaking point. And if it sounds familiar, it should. This was not the last time Jesus would be tempted. He was also tempted at the cross when people were passing by saying, Save yourself and come down from the cross. In the wilderness, Jesus resists temptation. At the cross, Jesus resists temptation. But how? It is true in both cases that Jesus trusts in the will of his Father. He relies on the word of the Father. He knew it was the will of his Father that he be tempted in the wilderness. And it knew that it was the will of his father that he die on the cross. It was completely within his power as God to turn the stones into bread. And it was completely within his power to come down from the cross. But to do so would be to go against the will of his father. He trusted his father completely. 
And so, after Satan tempted Jesus to turn the stones into bread, Jesus responds, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus does not find his strength in food, but in his Father's word. Satan sees this piety, and ever cunning, he finds a way to use it against Jesus, to weaponize it against Jesus. And so he says, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. In this second temptation, Jesus, sorry, Satan goes after Jesus' piety. And so, like he does with Eve, he twists and distorts the word of God. True enough, if Jesus were to throw himself down, angels could carry him up. And why can't Jesus show that God's word is true? And that God's word about angels is true? But Jesus doesn't fall for it. Jesus says to him, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus doesn't give in. At this point, Satan knows he has no chance. And so his third and final temptation is a rather crass and haphazard temptation. He blatantly asks Jesus to bow down and worship him. And Jesus responds, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Here in this last temptation, Jesus' response reveals something very important about temptations and about sin. He shows us what sin really is, the worship of Satan. Eve bowed down to Satan by trusting his word over God's. And we bow down before Satan when we fear, love, and trust in anything else above God. Repent. The progression we see in the temptations of Jesus is also notable. Satan begins with our eyes and with our desires. He shows us exactly what we want, and he gives us a way to have it. As we hunger, he has us ask ourselves whether the Lord is even there, whether his word is true, whether he is caring for us. He has us tempting God in our prayers. If you really love me, Lord, will you, have, will you allow me to have this? Then, filled with jealousy and anger, we take what we want and we fall into sin. Trusting the word of Satan is the same thing as bowing down to Satan. And trusting in the word of God is the same thing as bowing down to God. Lent is a time of reflection. A Lenten fast is a devotional tool to train ourselves in what Jesus quotes in our lesson, that 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We refrain from whatever we have chosen in private to refrain from, not for God's sake, but for our own. We know how easily we can turn what God has created into an idol. We know how easily we can turn from worshiping our creator into worshiping our creation, worshiping the creation. The things our Lord graciously provides for us, food, our home, our spouse and children, our things, are good, but they are, of course, easily idolized. And furthermore, they are only part of what we need to live. They are, we live by more than bread alone, is what that means. Part of the Lenten fast is that we realize that we are not only physical creatures, but we are also spiritual creatures. We need food, but we also need the preaching of the word. We need the sacrament of the altar. We need the absolution. We need the fellowship of the Christian community. As you reflect on this, remember why Jesus was led into the wilderness to begin with. He was there to fulfill the law on your behalf. He was there to resist temptation that you yourself cannot resist. His victory, therefore, over temptation is your victory over temptation. His victory in the wilderness foreshadowed his victory on the cross, where again he was obedient to his Father. Jesus was forsaken by the Father, and yet he remained faithful. In the midst of death and torment, Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus then died. He died your death. As a man unblemished by sin, the Lamb of God who had come to take away the sin of the world. Your sin. Keep your idols at the foot of the cross. Confess and put them at his feet. For it is there that the serpent's head was crushed and your sins with him. Come to church, the oasis of the, your oasis from the world, where the cares and riches of the world take a back seat to the riches of heaven, where the baptismal waters flow, where the word of God grants comfort and guidance, and where his body and blood grant balm and healing. May all of these things give you peace in this time of Lent. In Jesus' name, amen.